As Micah has reminded us, we have reason to praise the Lord even in times of trouble, and that's what we look at this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we read verses 3 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. You also joining and helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you today for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us, the suffering that you endured for us. And we thank you, Lord, that when we face affliction and suffering, your comfort overflows. You are the God of all comfort. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would teach us as we look into your word this morning Give us the strength, O oh God, to praise you in times of joy as well as in times of affliction. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. As Paul begins this second letter to the Corinthian church, you get the idea that his heart is really overflowing with thanksgiving and praise. Because after greeting the church, the first thing he says then in verse 3 is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did a little study on that phrase. We find that phrase three different times in the New Testament. And it's very interesting to notice how that phrase is used. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul praises God for blessing us with every spiritual blessing. And then he recounts some of those blessings. He has chosen us. He has adopted us. He has redeemed us. He has forgiven us. 
All because of His wonderful grace. And so these are the past blessings that God has given to believers. They are blessings that we in Christ have already experienced. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Peter praises God for the living hope we have through the resurrection of Jesus. And there he focuses on the future blessings that await us in heaven. He talks about an inheritance that cannot perish, that cannot spoil, that cannot fade, that is reserved in heaven for us. So that is a future blessing that we praise God for. And then the third time the phrase is used here in our text, and Paul is using this to describe his thanks to God for what he was presently facing. Even times of trouble, times of affliction, times of suffering, he begins this section by saying, Blessed be God. It almost seems a little bit strange to to people to think of how in the world would you praise God when you went through what you went through, Paul. But that's really the focus of this section. He is praising God in spite of his affliction. I had a friend from my home church who used to say very often, praise the Lord anyhow. (laughs) When something was difficult, something was challenging, when disappointment came, And he didn't use that just as a cliché. That was the testimony of his life. Praise God anyhow, in spite of the challenges that come our way. So why should we praise God anyhow? Why, Why should we give thanks to God in the midst of trouble? Well, I'd like to give you five reasons. I know that's departing from a Lutheran sermon. Someone told me last week, three points, that's a Lutheran sermon. So I did some searching this week, and I tried to find out if Luther preached three-point sermons. I couldn't find anything online. So I'm, obviously that's true. Everything you find online is true, right? So I'm not sure he preached three-point sermons, so we're going to do a five-point today. But they won't be long points, okay? It's not like I'm doing a three and then adding two more long ones. They'll, they'll be brief, so... You'll be out of here by one o'clock or something like that. Okay. So why should we praise the Lord anyhow? Well, first of all, God's people praise Him in trouble because they are thankful for His comfort. In verse 8, Paul describes to the Corinthians what he went through. He says, we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves. Now, I've tried to determine what exactly Paul is describing here. Looking at the book of Acts, looking at his other epistles, and I'm not sure exactly what event he is referring to here, but whatever it was, the way that he describes it, it must have been a very difficult time. He didn't even know if he would make it through. It was like he had been given a death sentence. Which reminds me of a doctor up in northern Minnesota who told a lady who had 
come down with cancer, you won't need next year's calendar, he said. That's a death sentence. And I wouldn't advise any doctor to say that to any patient, but that's what it was like for Paul. It was like a death sentence. How are we going to make it through? What it was, we don't know, but it was obviously very difficult. But notice how God ministered to him. In his time of trouble, he experienced God's great comfort. And that's one of the reasons why he praises God. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comforts. That's who our God is. He is the God of all comfort. And the one I told you about who often said, praise the Lord anyhow, he was a man who had gone through six major surgeries. And I'm talking major surgeries. And he often would say, life is hard, but God is good. And I would guess that many of us would would echo that. Life can be hard. There are challenges that come our way that test us to the very core of our being. Life is hard. And if you haven't experienced that yet, there will likely come a day when you will. Life is hard, but God is good. And I've often wondered what I would have done if I would have experienced what Paul experienced. You read in in, in the New Testament all that he went through. And I've asked myself, what would I have done? How would I have responded if I would have gone through what Paul had gone through? But I've come to realize that his praise in the midst of all these troubles was the work of God. Not something he drummed up in himself, not, you know, pulling himself up by his own bootstrap. This was the work of God in his life. That when he needed strength, encouragement, and comfort, the God of all comfort was there. So as you ask yourself that question, what would I do if I face this or that? God will be there when you need his grace and strength. And that we can count on. He is the God of all comfort. So God's people praise him in trouble because they are thankful for his comfort. Secondly, God's people praise him in trouble because they are able to comfort others. If you've ever questioned why trouble has come into your life, one of the reasons could be that God is preparing you to be of encouragement to others. One man put it this way, he said, of the many solutions given in Scripture of the mystery of pain, this is not the least notable. The sufferer who feels that his sufferings equip him as a missionary of comfort to others will feel that they are well explained. Maybe not well loved, but well explained. That God may be using something in our life so that maybe somewhere down the road we are going to be able to minister to someone who's going through maybe a similar affliction. Look at verse 4. Paul says, He comforts us, this God of all comfort comforts us in all our affliction. 
So that, there's purpose, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So God comforts us so we can comfort others. And if you look at verse 5, you'll see how this ministry of comfort to others is possible. Paul tells us that no matter how great our troubles are, God's comfort is sufficient to meet our need. Verse 5, he says, For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. So what is Paul saying there? As suffering increases, God's ministry of comfort to us increases. Have you ever been able to tell someone who's going through some kind of trouble that you've been there? That you've found in the midst of the type of difficulty that they are facing that God's grace was indeed sufficient to meet your need. That can encourage us to know that the experiences of life that we go through are not in vain. God may use that experience that you are going through today to encourage and strengthen many in their lives as they face those challenges. I think of my mom and dad. Their first child died at birth. Spinal bifida. Back in 1942, I think. And as a pastor, my dad sat with many couples over the years who had a child that died at birth. And he could put his arm around them and he knew, he knew what they were facing. And he was able to share with them the comfort that God can give in the midst of that difficult situation. So some of what we face in life God allows us to go through that so that we can encourage others who face a similar challenge. Reason number three, God's people praise Him in trouble because they are driven to depend on Him. One of the things I've observed about human nature is that we are very prone to put confidence in in ourselves. I can do this. I can handle this. I'm fine on my own. I'm self-sufficient. As if we don't need the Lord in our lives. And that's not just a struggle for those who don't really know the Lord as Savior. There are times when we as believers, we live as if we're self-sufficient. Especially when things are going well, huh? But you know what? Trials have a way of teaching us that we aren't as self-sufficient as we might think we are. That we aren't as strong as we might think we are. Uh, Paul discovered that in his life. He describes that affliction he went through in verse 8. And in verse 9 he says, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that, here's purpose again, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises 
the dead. Isn't it true that when we face hardship, we are driven to God? Even when we're sick with the flu, don't we realize, God, I need you. Help me through this. Especially me, I'm a baby when it comes to the flu. I think Wayne Flown said one time, I'd rather cut my arm off than, than have the flu. Didn't you say that one time? Maybe it was someone else. I think someone said that. Some very wise person said that. But when you're in, in times of trouble, it's just like you, you recognize your need for God. As a way of driving us to the Lord. And when troubles drive us to the Lord, that is a good thing to be driven to God, isn't it? Because the more that we are dependent upon Him, that's all the better, isn't it? Rather than relying on ourselves and our own wisdom and strength. So troubles have a way of driving us to God. Number four, God's people praise Him in trouble because they are confident of His ongoing help. Ongoing help. Although most of us feel that we've had enough trouble in our lives already to last the lifetime, I don't think we should be naive enough to think that our troubles are all behind us. As someone has said, the only one whose troubles are all behind him is the school bus driver. Where's Robbie? Do you say amen to that, huh? If we think that troubles are all in the past and there's never going to be any more challenges, I hate to disappoint you, but life can throw a lot of different challenges. As long as we live in this world that has been tainted by sin, troubles are certain to come. They're sure to come. And of the many men we read about in Scripture, I would have to say the Apostle Paul certainly understood that. Troubles seem to come in his life one after another. And some of the people who brought trouble in his life had the habit of following him to the next town <laughs> to continue to bring him affliction and trouble. But as Paul faced the future... He knew that God would be with him in his trouble. He had seen God's faithfulness in the past, and he knew that it would continue. Look at verse 10 where he says that this God who raises the dead is the one who delivered us, there's past tense, from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. So what's he saying? He's saying, God, you, you've been faithful in the past. You've been faithful today. And I, I'm trusting that you're going to continue to be the faithful God that you have always been. And isn't that something we can count on? We can count on the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness, right? Morning by morning, new mercies I see all I've needed. Thy hand hath provided. So Paul says, you've been there with me in the past. And I, I put my hope in you that you're going to continue to do that. I, I trust you, God. 
You're not going to abandon me. You're not going to forsake me. When the next challenge comes my way, you'll still be there as you promised. Praise God for that. Number five, God's people praise Him in trouble because they are supported by the prayers of others. In Paul's life, when he faced whatever he did in verses 8 and 9, it it brought a feeling of despair to him. But the prayer support of the people of God was such an encouragement to him. Because in verse 11 he says, You also joining in helping us through your prayers. So that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Most of you know that in the year 2000, my parents died eight weeks apart. And that was a challenge. But we sensed in such a wonderful way the prayer support of many. And some of you, I'm sure, were among those who were praying for our family. In the midst of the sorrow, we had an abiding hope, a joy in knowing that my mom and dad were with Jesus. What a wonderful thing when you know that people are praying for you. Doesn't that encourage you when someone says, I'm praying for you? And you know they really are. They're not just saying it, but they're really praying for you. We experienced the same thing just a few weeks ago when Judy's dad went to be with the Lord. A time of sorrow and yet a time of joy and how many people reminded us we're praying for you. What a wonderful thing it is to have that prayer support. So when people are praying and God is working in our lives, we are encouraged to go on. Not to throw in the towel and give up. And God uses those troubles in our life to shape us, to mold us, to conform us to the image of Jesus. I read about the mother of a brain-injured child who wrote these words. She says, We would have called our daughter's handicap the greatest tragedy of our lives if it were not for the fact that through it we came to know the Lord much better. Words cannot fully express our keen disappointment when our little girl failed to experience normal development. Yet her condition made us understand just a bit how our dear Savior must feel when His children do not mature spiritually. And she says, The Lord knows that heartaches, if properly accepted, will enrich our lives in a way that could not happen otherwise. Strengthened in our inner man, we come through our trials bigger and better Christians 
and with a new and brighter testimony. Someone has said that trials will either make us bitter or better. And there's truth to that, isn't there? I've seen people, trials have made them very bitter, very angry. How can God do this to me? Why did God allow that? How can I worship a God who doesn't care for me? And they become bitter. And then I've seen God's people become better through trials. And it's not like they would look back and say, Lord, bring it on. I want some more. I want to grow some more. No. I don't think any of us pray that way. But we look back and say, you know what, Lord, that was hard. But you've shaped me through that. You've molded my life through that. You've conformed me to the image of your son through that. Like my friend would say, praise the Lord anyhow. Life is hard, but God is good. If you haven't discovered that yet, someday you will, that life is hard. There are challenges that come your way that are very difficult. But as you keep your eyes on, on Jesus, you will discover that He is faithful, that His grace is sufficient, that He is the God of all comfort who comforts you in all your affliction and gives us reason to rejoice even in the midst of trouble. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, there are times when life is very hard. When difficulties come, Lord, we wonder if we are ever going to make it through. But Lord, in the midst of that time, we rejoice in your comfort. We rejoice in what you are doing to shape us. We rejoice that there are people praying for us. We rejoice, Lord, in the fact that we know that you will continue to be a faithful God. And ultimately, we rejoice that one day we will be completely delivered from the troubles of life. As we are brought into the presence of, of Jesus to praise him and thank him for all that he has done. Think of a woman who once said, when I get to heaven, there's a few questions that I would like to ask the Lord. But then she paused and said, it probably won't matter then, will it? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Use it, Lord, to strengthen, to encourage us today as we face the challenges of life. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.